Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six-Pack. I am your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you all for joining me on this. Now oh, it's getting colder. January 13th, Friday the 13th, as I'm recording this show. So it's just a matter of time before we got back into the uh, 20s and the 30s. But enough about that. I hope it's nice and warm wherever you are. Uh, and uh, she's in Iowa. So pretty cold there. But uh, I just ask you to like and subscribe to our Behind the Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night. And uh, if you were in earlier on Friday, you saw the Touchdown Under show. Kenny Pepperall, along with Josh Maddie and and, uh, and Mark are from Australia. Of course, yeah, this show, um, yeah, we run the North with uh, uh, Kevin Tate and his buddies. That's over the weekend. Um, we have the Hangover on Mondays with Brian, Anthony Davis, Shannon White, and yours truly. Tuesday, we have Scobro, Shakespeare, and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have uh, Know Your Enemy. I think in the offseason, it'll be the curtain call. That's with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. Thursday, we have the preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian. And of course, you can catch those shows live on Facebook as well. So you, you probably see me right now on Facebook. Hello. How do I look? Probably pretty good, right? I hope so. And of course, you can catch all those live shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find Behind Still Curtains podcasting family. Give it a listen. You will not be sorry. And of course, we always we got we also have a whole host of audio only shows. They're not live when we tape them where we record them and we we uh publish them for you for your listening pleasure. Nicholas Less Ride with Jeff. Dad Keep with Dave. My language with Brian. The war with Maddie. From the cutting room with with um, uh, State of the Steelers with Daniel J. Uh, what you're talking about with Kyle Kreiss, the Steeler Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts, and a whole host of others. So please check those out, and of course check out behind the steel curtains, the uh, editorial side. We bring you news. We we bring you commentary. We bring you failure down. It all occurs even in the offseason after the regular season has concluded without the Steelers in the postseason. All right, let's check out the, the live chat. 
and I saw just me. She was the first one. I was having technical problems early on, and my unit wasn't working. Imagine that. But just me was in, and she's a family. First one in. She gets that award tonight. All right. Don't worry. I wasn't blowing you a kiss. I was just checking my microphone just to make sure. I'm, I'm paranoid now. We have Steel Chick 46, who was second. That's all right. Silver medal. Uh, Shane Giggles. I haven't seen Shane Giggles in a while. Brian Brown, mainstay, is with us tonight. Sherry Richards. Wow. I haven't seen Sherry in a long time. And she says, hey, Tony, not warm in Duval. Windchill right now about 30 and dropping. Yeah, that's about what it is here, too. It was warm for, or warm for here, anyway, for the past few days. But now it's feeling pretty cold out. Daniel Red says, stop, you keep breaking up. Story of my life on Friday, Daniel. I do the best I can. Dark Storm 1. Also, Daniel says I look good. Wow, well, I have working out. So I hope that, that audio part comes through, that Daniel Red said I look good. So there you go. There you go, 50 years old. Take that. All right, who else we have? James Tresvant. What up, Tony? And that's it for now. Mark Malone's with us. All right, Mark Malone. One of my, uh, well, I actually defended Mark Malone, the quarterback, when I was a kid. Story of my life so far. I always defend Steelers. Beleaguered Steelers, I defend them. I come to their defense. You know, they probably don't even know I'm alive, but I, I do it anyway. All right. Let's take a look at last week's game. A little bit anyway. I was actually there. I was in attendance uh, at, at uh, Acreshore Stadium up in uh, the 500 level with my uh, uh, new buddy, the Chuck. Actually, we've been following each other on Twitter for like five or six years, but I finally got to meet him. He invited me to the game. It was it was actually a good experience. You know, you never know when you be people from social media. You know how crazy those social people, social media people are. But I always knew Chuck was pretty cool. And, and when I met him, that I, it was confirmed. And his family was pretty cool. They were great. Uh it was a fun day. Steelers came away with a pretty, actually a pretty impressive win. I mean, it was kind of, kind of iffy early on, you know, P- Pittsburgh marched down the field and, and it looked like they were going to score a touchdown. In fact, Deontay Johnson looked like he was about to score his first touchdown of the year. He got it down to about the three after a, a pitching catch from, uh, from Kenny Pickett and, uh, or I'm sorry, a catch and run, I should say. Uh, but he didn't get in, but still looked pretty good. It was like first and goal from the one or two. And just when it looked like they were going to score, boom, Najee Harris, who rarely fumbles, fumbled, uh, trying to dive over the top on third down, and the Browns recovered. And uh, they eventually took a 7-0 lead. But Pittsburgh pretty much controlled the game from there. Uh, And uh, it really, uh, if not for a a, a bogus, I I say a really bogus, roughing the passer call on Cam Hayward in the the second half, they would have won even more convincingly than they did, you know, the 28, 14 score pretty convincing, but they probably could have won by three touchdowns, maybe four, if not for that, uh, that uh, fumble by Najee, but it was a good performance. And, and, and I was proud of what they did because, uh, you know, there was, there was a lot on the line, you know, um, uh, simultaneously uh, there were two other one o'clock games that, that had a bearing on, on whether or not Pittsburgh would make the playoffs. And, uh, the Bills took care of business against the Patriots up in Buffalo. Uh, down in Miami, it was close the whole game. It was an ugly affair between Skylar Thompson and uh, and Joe Flacco, the, the uh, dueling third-string quarterbacks. 
when a, when a young player, when a rookie, you know, Joe Flacco quite well. And I'm watching the scoreboard. I'm, I'm following along on Chuck's phone. I'm thinking, please just let him do it. The fans, come on, Jets. The fans in attendance were, were chanting J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I was doing that too. I was saying I believe in Joe Flacco, which, you know, come on. Of course I didn't. But I was saying that at the time, because when you're on a date, you say what the other person wants you to hear. That's what I was saying to Joe Flacco in that moment. Please, come on, Joe. You are truly elite. But it just didn't uh, didn't work out. Came down to the last few seconds or so of that game in Miami, and they wound up kicking the field goal, and, and uh, they won uh, ultimately 11-6 to thanks to a – a safety at the end. Uh, so Pittsburgh is not going to the playoffs and Miami is. And it, it, it was kind of deflating. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was, I was excited the whole day and I, I thought for sure they were going to pull it off. You know, it was kind of high off of last year when it happened, right? You know, feeling pretty emboldened after last year's turn of events when Pittsburgh won in overtime in Baltimore and um, the uh, Colts got trounced by the uh, down and out Jaguars and, and the Colts were, playing under a win in your in scenario and the Steelers needed their needed help and a win and it worked out. So I was kind of feeling like, like it would happen in you know, team of destiny, that sort of thing. Not that I thought they were a team of destiny. Uh, I just thought they were destined to get into the playoffs for a second year in a row under that same scenario. And it just didn't work. So it was kind of deflating as I was walking out of the stadium. I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, that sucks. I wanted to see him make it. I, I knew they didn't have much of a shot. In fact, you know, I've been following the uh, the the point spread between the Dolphins and the Bills. They would have played the Bills as the number seven seed versus the number two seed in Buffalo. And I'm f- following the point spread, and it's gone from like nine and a half, you know, in favor of the Bills. Now it's like thirteen and a half. Skylar Thompson's going to play two as out again, and I think Teddy Bridgewater's out. So uh, that probably that's probably what. what, what the uh, point spread would have been between Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. Uh, even if there's a lot of uh, uh, very confident Steeler fans out there, always putting money on Pittsburgh, it probably would have been a 12 or 15 point uh, de- uh, point, uh, especially since, since uh, Buffalo beat them up pretty good in the regular season, 38 to three, although that was a different time and it was a different spirit. And Kenny Pickett was his first ever start. And of course they, they improved a lot as the year went along. So, you know, I anticipated a, a much better performance this time. Uh, TJ Watt would have been back as well. And, you know, what he did to them last year in week one. Uh, but, I, you know, they probably still would have lost. But, you know, I, I was expecting them to go up there and, and give them a game. Uh, I don't think Miami's going to give give the uh, Bills a game, though. I think it's going to be a, 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 a thrashing. So it would have been, been nice to see. And now we can always say, well, if they would have gotten into the playoffs, they would have been the team nobody wanted to face. You know, we always say that when, when a, a team that uh, when a Steeler team barely misses the playoffs after after uh, ending the season on a, on a pretty good roll, we said that. And uh, what was it? Um, uh, when did we say that last time? Was it like twenty? No, twenty. Uh, certainly wasn't last year. I don't think they were a very good team last year. They were just propped up by Ben. But we, we, we love to say that a lot when, when, when a team uh, misses the play. Oh, oh, 2013, that's the one I was thinking of, when they, when they could have made it uh, on a Ryan suck-up field goal, and, and, and it, it, he missed, and they wound up not making it. And we were saying they were a team nobody wanted to face. But the good news about that 2013 team is uh, most of the players on that team 
continued to get better, and they added some pieces offseason, and they went on to make plus four years in a row after that. So I'm expecting that kind of thing in this year, or in, in the future, I should say. Well, I guess it is this year now. It's 2023. Later on this year, uh, I'm expecting Pittsburgh to, to improve next year and, 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 and uh, be a playoff-caliber team. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's easy to forget you know, just how, how young this team is and, and how much different it is compared to, the, to the, the team that walked off Heinz Field, a loser in the playoffs two years ago to the Browns, that team. Uh, I was talking on a hangover the other day with Brian and Shannon, and I mentioned that of the uh, 11 starters that were in that game, again, that lost to the Browns, that walked off that field that night, 48 to 37 losers, nine of them were gone by 2023 or 2022, I should say. Uh, they had 11, they had nine new starters that walked off that field the other day after that 28 to 14 went over the Browns on, on Sunday. You had Shooks. Um, he was a starter, I, I believe. Yeah, he was a starter in, in 2020 because he, he took the place of Zach Banner. You had him. And who was the other starter? Gosh. Oh, yeah, Deontay Johnson, of course, Deontay Johnson. So that's it. You know, you have uh, practically a brand new offensive line other than Shooks. Uh, since the 2020 team, obviously a new quarterback, a new rack, uh, a new uh, a number two receiver, a new tight end. Pat Frymuth was still in college then. Eric Ebron and, and Vance McDonald were the two two with tight ends. I think it was, it was Vance here in 2020. Yeah. So you had, you had two t- different tight ends. Uh, so uh, it's a completely different team in a lot of ways than the one that walked off that field two years ago, even on defense. Obviously, Larry Ogunjobi wasn't here in 2020. Uh, um, uh, Stefan Tuitt was, right? Um, Alex Highsmith was, was, was a rookie. Uh, and, and, and Bud Dupree, well, he was hurt by then. And, and Highsmith was the starter by the end of the year. But uh, Levi Wallace wasn't here. Keller Witherspoon wasn't here. Trey Norwood wasn't here because uh, he wasn't here. Uh so, you know, it's a big, it's been a big transition, this team, the last couple of years. And, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of people were disappointed by, by the, the, the fact that it, they didn't make the playoffs and they were never, a lot of people weren't impressed. With them. Um, they weren't impressed with the nine and eight record at all. It's mediocrity. We don't accept that here in Pittsburgh, that sort of thing. Super Bowl or bust. But, it's hard to do that kind of thing. It's hard to, to, uh, that, that should go without saying, but we don't seem to, we don't seem to get that here in Pittsburgh and in, in Steeler Nation. We don't get the fact that, you know, when you're rebuilding, you're going to have some, some down times. And these past two years have been basically a 500 team, uh, one that made the playoffs and one that barely missed the playoffs. And yet they, they were, uh, they, they, they remained competitive. And, and they remained in the hunt, and and that to me that says something about about their their future. You know, uh, Mike Tomlin uh, obviously his his streak of non losing seasons has now reached sixteen, and to me it, it it told me a lot that his players, his young players, you know, Tomlin's never really embraced that. He's come out publicly and said, I don't really. That's not a goal to have a non losing season to win a Super Bowl, but his young players. Uh, and as veterans, but, but especially as young players who might not even should, you know, may not even have a reason to care about that. 
they wanted to get that for him. To me, that, that, that tells me a lot. First of all, it tells me that his message isn't getting stale and it's reaching uh, new people every year. And number two, it tells me that, 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 that they're committed uh, to getting better, to improving and, and, and to becoming, uh, to taking things to a, to a new level. You know, they, they want to be, uh, 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 they want to bring a winner back to, to Pittsburgh. They want to bring a contender back to Pittsburgh, right? You know, they, they, they had something that was kind of, in a lot of ways, uh, meaningless to fight for, to stay in the hunt for, and they still, but they managed to stay in the hunt for that. They managed to, 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 uh, to find the, 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 the to, uh, to chase this goal, if not for themselves, certainly for their head coach. And to me, uh, I'm excited about the future with this team. Obviously, uh, it starts with, starts with Kenny Pickett. If he gets it, uh, it's going to go a long way towards lifting the whole team up and, and taking it back up to where it was, you know, in the 2010s, maybe even in the late 00s. Who knows? It all depends on how good Kenny Pickett is. But but uh, it starts with him, you know, Najee Harris, that line, and these receivers, and, you know, and of course the defense, you have to, uh, they still need to fine tune some things on that defense. And they have to, um, the offense is pretty much intact going into next year. They don't have, you know, anybody have to worry about as far as the free agent, as far as I know, but the defense, you have some questions that need to be answered. Uh, obviously Ogan Joby, you bring him back. Alualu, is he, is he done? He looks like he might be, um, Devin Bush. I think he's gone. Right. I think we can all agree. Uh, are they going to bring Kazee back? Are they going to bring Miles Jack back? He's under contract, but are they going to bring him back? Are they going to find a way to get a deal done with Edmonds? You know, are they going to try to upgrade a cornerback over uh, Wallace and, and Witherspoon? Are they going to re-sign Cam Sutton, who I think his market's going to be pretty pretty decent this year? Uh, even though he's not a true number one corner, uh, he's still he's still a, a very very valuable. They uh, they get paid in free agency. They do um, every year. Those kind of guys get get big money in free agency. So, you know, here he's a versatile role player. I mean, he's a starter, but you know, he plays all kind of different. He wears all kind of different hats for them in the secondary. But but somebody else might look at him and say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna bring him in and we're gonna make him a starter. And we're gonna pay pay him starter money. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, Cam Sutton because it's it's pretty obvious that uh, guys like James Pierre, they're not going to develop in anything beyond just a decent backup. Um, Trey Norwood, as far as, uh, as, as a safety, a, a, a free safety, he's more of a free safety than he is a strong safety. So, you know, if, if Edmund, Edmonds does walk, uh, then you're going to have to probably find a a, uh, a true strong safety to, to play alongside Mickey Fitzpatrick. And, you know, they're, they're such a good duo, right? I mean, every Batman needs a Robin. We saw that for many years with uh, Troy Palomalu. First, it was Chris Hope as uh, his uh, free safety. And then it was uh, Ryan Clark, who uh, took it uh, up and even uh, one notch further and became a really valuable player for them um, during those last two Super Bowl years. So every Batman needs a Robin. And, you know, Fitzpatrick, he was named a uh, first-team All-Pro on uh, on Friday, the only only one, as far as I know, for the Steelers to, to get that honor, and obviously it's well deserved. But um, you, you know, I think it, it would be in their best interest to make Edmonds their top priority in free agency. I think 
because he's, you know, again, he works so well with Fitzpatrick and, you know, it's hard to find a, 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 a steady, durable, strong safety who can do so many things for you like Edmonds can. It's not just, you know, playing the run or, or playing dime linebacker. He, he, he has a lot of responsibility and coverage covering tight ends. It's one of his main uh, attributes. So, you know, I'm not saying break the bank for him because you, you paid Fitzpatrick all that money and you can't pay two your two starting safeties uh, top money, but I think they should make him certainly a, a more attractive offer than it did last year. Again, I don't know what was going on last year with, between them and Edmonds because he had already demonstrated through 2021 that he was a reliable starter. He was durable. Uh, again, he filled a lot of, a lot of roles for them. Uh, so why did they were down on him last year? They signed him to a low ball one year offer. So uh, let's see what Omar Khan and company, let's see what they do um, with him this off season. I would make him a priority. I would make Sutton a priority. Uh and then I would go looking uh, maybe for a, 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 a cornerback, if not in, in free agency, certainly in the draft and another inside linebacker. Maybe you can get a, a veteran to come in and, and, and fill a role for you there. We'll see. So I think the offense, the offense is, is pretty much set as far as personnel. You know, they can obviously add a, there's, you know, there's a desire for them to add a, a left tackle or, or a left guard or something. Um, maybe add another receiver. But I think overall, there's there's less to worry about with the offense as far as as adding to it than there is the defense. The defense, even though it's considered uh, the more dominant unit, uh, the more accomplished unit, I think you know a lot of guys are, are are getting old on that side of the ball, or at least a few of them are. Cam Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu, you know, Miles Jack is is still a relatively young guy, but but you know he's lost his fastball in the last couple of years. So you know there, there's a there's there's a a lot that needs to be done with that defense yet to, to get it to maybe take it up another notch next year and, and be even more, um, more uh, dominant than it was. Not that it was dominant in 2022, but it was, cer- it was certainly, it had its moments and you, you like to see more consistency from it, but obviously people like, uh, people like uh, TJ would have to stay healthy. And, and if he goes down for seven games, I don't care who's on that defense next year, it's going to be a, uh, uh, a difference maker. And, and we saw that in 2022, but, you know, while we're talking about that defense, I think we have to give a credit to Alex Highsmith. His third year, um, you know, Watt was out for a good part of the year with that injury and, and, and Highsmith just, just had a, his best year yet, 14 and a half sacks. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, that's why he's not getting more recognition. I mean, that's a lot of sacks. I think, you know, TJ Watt might've, uh, spoiled uh people last year with his 20 was it 22 and a half sacks or 22 sacks uh 14 and a half is pretty impressive you know it wasn't that long ago that 14 and a half sacks would would have turned a lot of heads around here but people barely noticed it uh kim hayward i mean i think you know the guy might have might have had his best year of his career and that's saying something considering how well he played in 2021 uh when they had a lot of injuries on the line uh on the the, uh, defensive line um so what do you have? Twelve sacks, I think. Just the guy is just an absolute wrecking ball, and um, I don't know what, what's going to happen between now and, and the end of his career as far as championships and whatever. But when he's done, at the very least, Cam Hayward's going to going to be a borderline Hall of Famer, and whether he makes it in or not, I don't know. But the fact that he's in the discussion that 
tells you all, all you need to know about what kind of player and what kind of career he's had up to this point. And that went, went all said and done. So on that, that note, at 2340, I'm going to take and allow you to hear a word from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back in just 30 seconds or so. Back, everybody, to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you for sticking with me. Or if you're if you join midway through the show, I thank you for doing that as well. Uh, I think it's been a fairly productive night so far. You tell me in the live sh- chat. Shane Giggle says you can't start three and seven. Oh yeah, no, I mean that's 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 a given. That's it's it's uh it's hard to come back from a three and seven start or whatever they were two and six. I think it, it was two and six and and or maybe it was three and seven. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was three and seven after they lost to the Bengals. It's hard to come back from that, admittedly, and, and make the playoffs. But the fact that they that they came back and, and made it close. To me, that shows a lot of heart, a lot of character, and a lot of hope for the future. Um, you know, this, this uh, again, this team is 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 basically almost almost uh, on offense. It, it's 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 almost uh, completely turned over from where it was uh, two years ago. So. You know, and you throw in a guy like J- Jalen Warren, who seems to be, I mean, I think he looks like he's, it's only one year and obviously he's a backup. Uh, he played a, a limited role on this team in 2022 as a rookie, but he looks like, like somebody who, who's going to be a, a legit two running back, number one, and number two, a, a weapon that they can use uh, uh, even when, he, you know, when he's, when he's, uh, not filling in for, for Najee Harris. Somebody is, who can be a great third down back. Uh, he can maybe start for you in, in case of injury. Uh, great blocker. I mean, this guy was a great find. And and again, why he was undrafted, like I said on Monday, I'll never know. But looks like a lot of teams missed the boat on him. And, and it looks to me like the Steelers, based on how they used him in 2022, they finally found a true... Uh, number two running back and somebody that that can spell Najee Harris and not uh, allow him to run until his wheels fall off, which has always been Mike Tomlin's um, mantra up until last year. So uh, it, it, it's it's a bright future for this team. And, and in addition to to the turnover um, through last off season, uh, you also have a, a, a new front office. You have a new general manager, Omar Khan, uh, his his assistant, Andy Weidel, who has a, a great track record uh, building championships and or building fine rosters in Baltimore and uh, in Philadelphia. And you have a new scouting department. So, you know, it, it, this was a very, very important season that the Steelers just completed for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of turnover. Again, on the roster, um, they brought in a rookie quarterback. They eventually put him in there to be, be their full-time starter. And before all that, they changed personnel, major personnel in the front office as far as the people running the team. It was a transition year, and they got through it with a 9-8 record, and they almost made the playoffs. So, uh, again, I know a lot of people are down on this year because they, they fail to recognize, um, you know, Often, what, what's what's 
the big picture and what's taking place right in front of their eyes and what was taking place uh, the last couple of years again was a rebuild and and you know they've 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 managed to to, to uh, rebuild and stay in the playoff hunt. So to me, you know, it's a great experience for these young guys and and you know a few tweaks here and there on on both sides of the ball, but mainly on on the defensive side, I think. And you know they can uh, they can really really take a leap forward next year, and and be something. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, what else I want that I want to talk about? I'm looking forward to the playoffs this weekend. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this new uh, wild card weekend. This format with the uh, the added playoff teams, the seventh seed in each conference. Uh, that necessitates uh, six games. And to me, it's now going to be the uh, the greatest playoff weekend for the NFL every year. I think I, I just think it is. It's just it's just a great a great weekend. Yeah, you might have some some stinkers in there as far as a, a seven against a two. Um, but overall, I think, I think you're going to have more quality football than not uh, during these wildcard weekends. Um, you know, while they, while the format remains in place. So I'm really looking forward to, to watching the, the, the Jaguars and the chargers on, on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to the, to the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on Monday night. Um, uh, the Bengals and, and, and the Ravens, that's going to be a hell of a game, I think. Although, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to play, so maybe not. Uh, it's unfortunate what's going on there with him and, and his injury and this a potential contract dispute that's maybe, uh, quote-unquote, his ability is uh, So, looking forward to this, uh, um, to this weekend. And um, if I were to change one thing about – playoff sitting and I've, I've, I've mentioned this before many times. I mean, I, I think it's a fascinating topic and I love bringing up every year, especially a year like this, when you have the Buccaneers, uh, an eight, nine team uh, that's hosting a, what a 12 win team or 13 win team in, in the Cowboys in the wildcard round. Uh, as you know, the, the formats it's been in place for since 1990 and that's every division winner. Even if they have to play on wildcard weekend, which is the three and the four always playing wild card weekend, and now it's now with the uh, one less buy. Every division winner gets gets the first game at home in the, on wild card weekend, regardless of the record. Which I've always thought was kind of an unfair uh, thing, you know, because uh, I think it should be based on record. Now, don't get me wrong. I think if you win your division, even if you're six and eleven, four and thirteen, whatever. You know, never say never. That might happen someday. You you deserve being in the playoffs, right? I mean, otherwise, why even have division divisions if you if winning it doesn't get you a, a spot in the playoffs? So I'm not saying that division winners shouldn't be in the playoffs. And, and to me, it would be pointless to have divisions without that winner, without the champion making the playoffs. But you shouldn't be guaranteed a home game. It should be based on record. It should be based on tiebreakers, things like that, you know. And I think it, it might it might lead to um, like more exciting uh, divisional round games and and championship conference championship games if they did it that way. You imagine, um, you know, the, the 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 Eagles as their seed, and maybe the Cowboys sneaking in. Yeah, they're a wild card, but they get the number two seed because 
because of uh of their record i think that'd be pretty cool you know um people say well what it's too much of a disadvantage for for the the division winners if they have if they have uh subpar records the tenants to go on the road. Well, then get, have a better record, right? You know, for years, in the 1970s through the 80s, you know, uh, at first there were four teams in, in, in the playoffs uh, in each conference, and then five by 1978. For years, if you were number three seed and you won your division, because there were three divisions in, in each conference back then, you were almost a lock to play both of your games on the road to get to the Super Bowl. There was virtually no chance of you getting a home game in the championship round. If, if you were number three seed, you automatically on the road, right? But if the, if the, uh, if, if the one or the two uh, advanced to the championship round, you, you had to go on the road again. If you won your game, uh, if you won your divisional round game. So it was like that for 20 years and it was fine. So, you know, the, the 79 LA Rams made it to the Super Bowl. As the number three seed, they were nine and seven. They, they were number three seed in the NFC, but they knocked off the Cowboys in, in the uh, divisional round, and they went and they down to Tampa Bay and beat them to make it to the Super Bowl. It can happen, right? So, you know, would have put that would have put the, uh, the division winner at a at a more of a disadvantage to have to go on the road to play a wild card team um, in the uh, in, in the first round? Yeah, but you know, ask yourself if it's fair that a 12-win team has to go and play an 8-win team uh, at their place with the, with the advantage of being in front of their, their crowd, the, the whole noise factor, travel, all that stuff, you know, just because you, you barely missed out on winning your division, you know. So we saw it in, in 2011 with the, uh, the Steelers traveling to, to Denver to take on Tim Tebow. 12 wins. They lost the division by, in the bye by a tiebreaker, and they, and they had to go to Denver to, to – play an eight eight team and you know obviously you know they, they lost that game not because of anything other than they just made too many mistakes but still would they have made those same mistakes at heinz field we'll never know but uh that's the only change i would make uh it comes up every time there's, there's a matchup like this it came up in 2011 it came up in 2010 when the 79 saints got to host the uh the uh, or, i'm sorry the seahawks got to host the saints uh, in the wild card round and beat them. So it comes up every every time there's a situation like this. And I don't know if the NFL is ever going to ch- change it, but uh, I'd like to see what would happen if they did, if, if it would really uh, lead to some more intriguing divisional round and championship round games. So we'll see what happens. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I've been going on and on the last 34 minutes. I'm just glad I haven't had any technical cl- which is uh let's see what else we have in the, in the lot let's, let's take a look at the live chat first um now they're talking about some free agent uh additions and this one from brian brown tony you would make a pretty good oc right i'd be good with that hiring no i wouldn't no no you're 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 talking about people like kt smith maybe uh, Jeffrey Benedict, uh, I'm probably way down the list as far as the the BTSC team that would be a would make a good OC. I might make a good person who could you know uh, maybe 
take out the water during a timeout and give the guys water. But as far as, and I'm not being humble either. I'm not really a next to the nose guy. You know, I, I don't know that, that side of the ball. So no, no, Matt Canada would be better than me. Sorry to say, but Matt Canada would be better than me as the OC. You'd want him. If, if you had a choice between him and me, I would pick Matt Canada. Right. So, um, but again, I'm excited about the playoffs. Uh, I'm excited about the Steelers future. Um, it's, it's a funny thing what happened, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this before I take some questions and comments. When I left the stadium on Sunday, I was, I was disappointed uh, that they didn't make it. But I kind of, after that, I just, it wasn't even a, an intentional thing or a conscious thing. I just kind of took a break from the Steelers after that. Other than, you know, like my writing obligations and the podcast on Monday, this podcast, I barely followed Twitter, Facebook. Uh, barely listen to talk radio and it's been great. You know, I mean, that's why I wanted them to make the playoffs because I just didn't want to get back to that same old stuff. Like Brian Brown kind of alluded to, you know, the Mac Canada watch and, and Deontay Johnson was in the news. Cause I guess he unfollowed, uh, the Steelers on social media. Um, have they fired, have they fired Canada yet? Who are they going to draft? Uh, Mike Tomlin's only won three playoff games in the last 12 years. He hasn't won a playoff game in six years. I, I, I wasn't ready to, even though we, we always talk about that stuff anyway, I wasn't ready just to, to talk about that. Just that and, and without any results on the field to, to talk about. So I took a break. I detoxed, if you will, from all things Steelers for like five days. And I'm still in that detox. I just took a break to, to do to go. Uh, and do some writing and everything, and, and but I'm still kind of like taking a break from it. I, I want to watch. I want to watch the playoffs. That's what I'm more interested right in right now than who they're going to draft, free agents, who they're going to keep, are they going to fire Matt Cannon? Like you know that kind of stuff. I just, I just, there's a time and place for it, right? And eventually, I work my way up to talking about that stuff. But I love the NFL so much. I love the actual season so much, and I want Pittsburgh to be part of the playoffs. But even when they're not, I still love to watch the playoffs. I love it. I love to watch all the games as many as I can. It's not always possible because I have work and other obligations. And you know, everybody's always inviting me to parties because I guess my popularity. I don't know. You be the judge. But um, I love I love the playoffs. And I want to see them all the way through until the end. And like there's there's plenty of time to talk about this other stuff. So I was kind of like so let down by them not making the playoffs last week that I just naturally stepped away from all the, the talk. Cause I mean, we, like we talked about, like I talked about before, like we wait all off season, how many months now, January, February, March, eight, nine months, whatever it is, math to uh, watch this team play. And then the second it's over, uh, we got to talk about, all this other stuff. There's no break in between, right? It just goes right from that to that. For a lot of people, it does. They don't even care about the playoffs. It goes from from season's over, draft talk, free agency talk, firing this coach talk, right? And I just, I just, I don't want anything to do with that right now. I know I'm going to ask these questions. I, I, I answer them as best I can. Ask me if I think Matt Canada is going to come back because I get asked that all the time. Right now, I'm going to say yes. He's coming back. If they were going to fire him, they would have done it. They would have done so by now. Why wait? 
why wait to fire the guy? Uh, you know, usually firings take place right away. So why wait? I know, I know when uh, Todd Haley got fired, it was like two days after the playoff game or three days, whatever it was. So uh, I think maybe Arians held on a, a little bit longer because they maybe, maybe wavered. But if they were going to, they weren't going to make the same mistake this time. They were either going to fire back Hander right away or keep him on. And they probably already made that decision prior to last week's game. So I think if he was going to be fired, it would have happened by now. Uh, the fact that he's still here tells me that he's going to remain here. I don't see why, why they would uh, keep him around if they, if they were going to eventually fire him. It just doesn't make any sense. So I know a lot of people were disappointed by that, but Hey, I got news for you. If, if that's your thing, I'm not saying you should be, he shouldn't be fired, but if, it, if it's your thing, if your big thing is like wanting coaches to be fired, if it, you know, I know a lot of fans, it's all they ever talk about. It's wanting this coach fired, wanting that player cut, wanting that player traded. It's like, it's all they care about. If that's how you live your sports life, sports fandom, then you're going to be disappointed uh, a lot of the time. So I, I have no sympathy for you. You want to talk to me about how you're mad about a loss? Bad game, I get it. But if you're mad because somebody didn't get fired, I just go there with you. I mean, I just can't root for people to be fired. I mean, I'm not saying that, that that they shouldn't be fired, but I can't just sit there and make it my whole being. You know, every waking second, has this guy been fired yet? I want to know. Tell me. Uh, before I go to bed tonight, I hope Matt Canada gets fired. You know, that kind of thing. I just can't go there. So, well, what a ramble in to end the, uh, my portion of the show. So I think on that note, I'll, I'll leave well enough alone and I will turn it over to you guys. Let's see what you guys have to say. Let's see if I missed anything. Ron Chess says of Edmonds, not a splash player, not even top 35 free agent. Well, I don't know about that. It's at it all. What, what matters is how valuable he is to them. And like I said, he works well together with Mika Fitzpatrick. And like we always say, not everybody can be a superstar. And if Edmonds down where he's at, where you think he's ranked, if he's a better fit for them than some top, some higher tiered safety, you got to keep Edmonds, right? First of all, that higher tier, tiered safety is going to want a lot of money. And I, like I said, they're not going to pay two guys at, even though it's different positions in, in, in the same sec, you know, playing the same position of safety. They're not, they're not going to pay both of those guys big time money. So I, I, I think they should keep them around. Hey, who was um, this one from Shane Giggles? Who was Kenny Pickett's receiver at Pitt? And it's entertaining in the draft. He's not USC. Jordan, uh, fantastic talent. But I think he's going to be, I mean, I'm no draft expert, but. I think he, he might work his way up to like a top 10 kind of spot for the draft. Besides that, I don't think they should go after the receiver in the first round anyway. I think they should focus their resources on uh, defense. Uh, maybe maybe uh, a really good left tackle if one is there. Even even a, even a left guard. Because, uh, I mean, that's, it's not a bad place to draft a guard 18th overall. So that's what I'd far, focus my um, attention on. Maybe an inside linebacker at that spot. A cornerback, if, you, if you're if you're confident in finally finding one on your own. Uh, uh, as far as receiver, I'd wait till a little bit later. Actually, have have more wiggle room this time with uh, the uh, the thirty second pick in the draft thanks to the Chicago Bears. 
All right. Another one from Ryan Chester says, Sutton was ranked number one of top CBS, or one of top CB, uh, one of the top free agents. So, yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's one of the top players in the uh, defensive players in the NFL, but he certainly is a, a valuable player who might get overpaid. And if, that, if that's the case, they might have to decide on something else. This one from George O. J. Ott. I like to concentrate on inside players on D, especially with TJ and Alex at outside linebacker. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's not even a priority. Uh, outside linebacker. It's If you're concentrating any draft picks, any premium draft picks on linebackers, it's inside linebacker. You have to figure that out. Obviously, um, uh, uh, Miles Jack is is a solid guy who I think is on a decline, but he's solid. But you need a dynamic player in the middle of that defense, and it's certainly like uh, Devin Bush. You need to find the next uh, Ryan Shazier. They went they went for it with him. You have to you have to like the effort. Um, nobody was really that upset about it at the time. There were some people that were upset about it, but. Most people thought it was a, the right move to, to move up to 10, to give up draft picks to get Devin Bush, and it didn't work. But you got to try again because you got to find that that uh, that guy. It's important for their defense. Shazier uh, showed that you need that guy. A lot, lot, there's a lot of uh, great defenses that have great inside linebacking play, and you need that uh, in Pittsburgh too. This one from Brian Brown, who asks, are there any good middle linebackers in this year's draft? I'm sure, not sure free agency is the way to go at linebacker. I couldn't answer that one, Brian. I don't know. I haven't, again, I haven't looked that deeply into it. Uh, as, as the offseason progresses, I'll, I'll look more into that side of it. But, I mean, there's two months to go before free agency kicks in. There's three and a half months to go before the draft. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I I'm sure there's there's always a couple of, of prospects at inside linebacker. Uh, we saw it four years ago with uh, with uh, Bush and uh, Devin White, right? So the year before that, there were those three guys uh, that they just barely missed out on uh, when they drafted Edmonds. So there's always two or three usually. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are some uh, some good inside linebackers in this draft. I just don't know who they are because I haven't I haven't really looked into it yet. I'm still processing the Steelers 2022 campaign and reconciling with the fact that it's, uh, it's come to an end. This one is from Jeremiah Yoder with the positive results at the end of 2022 build off of those here in 2023 with continued progress, with continued success. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, people were talking about, well, they didn't beat many good teams down the stretch. Well, guess what? They spent most of the year under 500 themselves. So the fact that they were able to, to, to win consistently against teams that they were, quote, unquote, on the same level as over the last nine games, to me, that tells me a lot. So build on that success. And maybe in a weird way, it was good that they did, they did not make the playoffs. They didn't suffer a, a blowout loss in the first round, which would have been predicted. And they can they can go into the offseason with you know their hopes held high or uh, their heads held high and, and, and their hopes high uh, that they can uh, parlay this finish into something greater next year. So yeah, you gotta you gotta you know 
as far as you know, on that note, as far as Mike Tomlin's concerned, people keep, you know, going back and judging him on 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 three playoff wins in 12 years and no playoff wins in six years, and that's all well and good. But guess what? That's in the rearview mirror now, and they're clearly not going to fire him. So to keep criticizing him for that stuff is pointless. What you have to judge Mike Tomlin on, Mike Tomlin on right now, is this current team, this current rebuild that began in 2021. That's what you have to judge him on, okay? The other stuff, you know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, that's all over. You can't worry about it anymore. They're not judging him on that anymore. They're, they're going to judge him, meaning the Roonies, I'm assuming. They're going to judge him on what he does in the post-Ben uh, part of his career as head coach. And that started when he was still here, when Ben was still here last year, when – uh, he was the old man on, on a rebuilding team. So that's how you judge Mike Tomlin, right? So wipe that stuff, that, that slate clean up to 2021. That was the first year of the rebuild. And it was a rather boring, ugly year. They stuck into the playoffs, got blown out. But at least they they they, they kind of re- started to rebuild on the line. Uh, they brought in Harris and Fryermuth and, and – uh, you know, they found some answers uh, on 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 on, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and then last year, 2022 was even more of a rebuild, even more of a turnover. They were a rookie quarterback, um, so they went nine and eight. They had a bad start, went nine and eight, barely missed the playoffs. So those are the two chapters I'm concerned about right now with with Mike Tomlin as a head coach moving forward. That's how you judge him. You saw what they did last year. They did almost the same thing in 2022 with a rookie quarterback. How are they going to build on that in 2023 and beyond? That's how you judge Mike Tomlin. And if he has two or three more subpar year, or not subpar, he's never had a subpar year, two or three more mediocre years, even worse than that, then maybe you make a decision on, on his future as the head coach. But to keep going back to the three playoff wins in 12 years and blah, blah, that doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. The reason why I say it doesn't matter is because they're not judging him on that. So therefore, we shouldn't judge him on that. Judge him on 2021 and forward. That's how you judge Mike Tomlin. And so far, I'd give him a passing grade. I like what I like what he's doing. Doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to like the finished product, but right now I like the direction that they're headed. You know, if they finish four and thirteen next year, then we might have we might have a, a story on our hands. But if they're they make the playoffs next year and maybe do some damage, then I think that's a lot about Tomlin and his, uh, his abilities. So, all right. Ron Chess, again, Ron Chess says, Tony, you are right. I feel great about future. This year was fun. Last nine games. Yeah. I mean, it was, it couldn't have been uglier the first eight games. Last nine games are pretty cool. Uh, they found a running game. Kenny Pickett looked more and more comfortable. Not great. Not great. Didn't light the world on fire, but he, he had those impressive game-winning drives in the uh, la- yeah, last uh, two to like the in six fifth what sixteen and seventeen week sixteen and seventeen. So he built on what what happened in Miami when he when he when he threw that interception. Uh, he built on what happened against the Jets when he threw a pick and the defense kind of imploded. So he learned from his mistakes and. Uh, uh, as Tomlin said, 
there were some grow up moments late in the year. And let's see if they continue to grow into next year. Brian Brown says the playoffs aren't any good without the Steelers. I mean, they're not as good, but they're still great. There's nothing like NFL playoffs in my mind. All right. Steeler Chicks. Let's see here what we have here. Shane Giggle says, hoping Super Bowl is Vikings versus Bills. Won't care who wins and can enjoy the game to its fullest. That would be, wow, that would be the Super Bowl of the ages. Two teams that have been there four times each and lost four times each. That would be uh, one heck of a matchup right there. I mean, Somebody's going home happy. Somebody's going home even sadder. But, you know, I'd like to see the Vikings make it. I mean, the Bills, obviously, they're a great story, too. But the Vikings, they haven't been there since Rocky. They haven't been back since Jimmy Carter. That's how long it's been for the Vikings. They, they, they've had a long travel. At least the Bills have been there uh, since the 90s, anyway. So, uh, Although I'm not really that I, – I, I'm pretty bullish on the Bills, but the, the Vikings, I'm kind of – I'm wondering if they're paper champions because they won so many of their games by one score. They never really looked dominant and they got dominated a few times. They got blown out by the Cowboys at home. Uh, they were down 33, nothing to the, um, to the Colts at home. And, and, and they came back and won, but I mean, 33, nothing to that Colts team. That was kind of scary. Uh, they got blown up by, by another contender. I forget who it was towards the end of the year. Who am I thinking of? Uh, anyway, so I mean, they, they haven't been, uh, uh, they, they didn't really look dominant during the regular season, but it would be a nice uh, story if they made it to the Super Bowl. So, Rick 46 says, uh, apparently, 49ers game will have super rainy conditions. That could be interesting. Yeah, that's going to turn things into a, I would say, a low scoring affair. Uh, Seahawks against the uh, 49ers. And I think that's uh, uh, advantage 49ers, even though I think they ever had the advantage anyway, but they like to run the ball and, and, and they have this versatile offense. Uh, they have Brock Purdy, which is a great, who's a great story. I'm looking forward to see, seeing what he does. Mr. Irrelevant. Last guy picked in the draft. Talk about a story. Uh, so yeah, the, the rain changes everything or bad weather changes everything when it comes to a, a big uh, playoff game. And it's from just me. Tony, what are the chances that all West Coast games we have are all in consecutive weeks? Uh, I'm going to not not likely. I mean, I don't think the NFL would, would do that. I mean, it, um, it would probably be uh, split up, I'm guessing, you know. Because, I mean, if, if they were in consecutive weeks, uh, would they stay out there or would they fly back? I doubt they would stay out there. So, um Having a team uh, fly out to the West Coast, come back, and then fly out for the second game, uh, that would, first of all, would be a lot of a lot of traveling, a lot of money. So I'm guessing they would try to sp- split it up as, as, as much as they can, you know. But that's that's uh, it's funny how that stuff comes into play because this year, 2022, they didn't even leave the, the uh, Eastern Time Zone, which I think was lost on a lot of people. I think we forgot about that as the year went along. Uh, whereas next year, I think they have like 6,000 travel miles or something like this, something crazy. Uh, so it's going to be different. So their schedule looks easier on paper right now. I mean, everything is, is uh, 
you know, can change between now and then. Uh, but the travel certainly looks a lot harder. So uh, off. speaking of the off-season stuff, that'll be a big deal when that comes up in May. The schedule reveal, it's ama- again, it's amazing how the NFL just has us in the palm of their hands. Everything uh, is a story in the off-season, including that, which used to be just something you'd, you'd see it at, uh, at the uh, convenience store when it would it, hand you a, a schedule. Now it's like a, a big reveal. So, wow, it's getting late. Looks like I'm going to have to call it night. It's, it's, I'm 56 minutes in. I, I only have an hour. So on that note, I'm going to uh, bid you all adieu. And it was a fun show. The, the technical difficulties, as far as I can tell from the live chat, weren't uh, weren't all that bad. So I, 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 I thank the universe for that. Until I talk to you again on Monday, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, and uh, enjoy those games. And even though they're not going anywhere right now, as always, wait a minute. No, no, no. Let, let me let me, uh, let me get some music in here before I before I bid you adieu. Oh, I, I always forget the music for it. Time to stop and check it out.